Asbo International would like to thank our podcast sponsor, Security Benefit. Security Benefit is a proud ASBO strategic partner that has offered retirement plans to education professionals for over 50 years. Security Benefit works with school districts across the U.S., helping America's educators move toward their goal of financial security and the enjoyable life they deserve in retirement. To learn how simple it is to add Security Benefit to your district's benefit plan, visit securitybenefit.com ASBO. That's securitybenefit.com ASBO. Neither Security Benefit Corporation or its affiliates are fiduciaries. This information is general in nature and intended for use with the general public. For additional information, including any specific advice or recommendations, please visit with your financial professional. Services are offered through Security Distributors, a subsidiary of Security Benefit Corporation. Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business. In the official podcast of ASBO International. That's right, the official podcast, and I am Dr. Jack Dar Mitchell, here along with the esteemed John Bricado. Ah, oh, baby, it just sounds like sweet music, doesn't it? <laughs> I love it every time. <laughs> uh, this is great. So um, we have a really, when I say informative, uh, that is an understatement. Um, yeah. Let our listeners know who's on today. Yeah, we wanted to talk about school safety and dive into that subject today because we have school openings coming up in about a month or so. So we, mm-hmm. we figured it was timely and topical to bring on somebody who is an expert in school safety. Uh, that person today is Tom Wallaber. He is the executive director of the Wisconsin School Safety Coordinators Association. And Tom offers a really specific insight into his career and how it's taken him from school business official now to the executive director of an association that sole focus is school safety. So we learn a lot from Tom today in terms of what to look out for, for committee work and to get your buildings and community involved. And then, you know, what's kind of on the horizon with school safety and doing everything you can as a school business official to ensure a safe learning environment for students and staff. Great, so, great stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Tom. Today on the podcast, we have Tom Wallaber, Executive Director of the Wisconsin School Safety Coordinators Association. Tom, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Tom, how are you, Tom? Excellent. I'm enjoying looking out my window right now at the beautiful uh, lake here in northern Wisconsin. I I just got back from Arizona where I mentioned to John, the temperatures during the daytime got no less than 115 degrees. So (laughs) it's great to be in the nice, cool uh, uh, weather here in the upper upper Midwest. Amen. And to see that, I like this. In the summertime, the glass reflection, right, on a lake, I can see a light kind of emanating through your window coming back yeah. at you. That's got to be the great, there the you great go. scenery right there. But that's, well, we appreciate you having on. And you are a titan. Uh, anybody comes on, I got to give the respect to this due for you. Um, 40 plus years, I got to tell you, that's um, to be commended. Um, a silver designee as one of the national past president and so forth. But let me not steal really the thunder here because um, you coming on, I want our listeners to hear from you specifically, you know, a little bit about, not even a little bit, a lot about your background experience and really, you know, what's your journey like been like as an SBO? Well, I've always had an interest in terms of working uh, for, for kids, working with kids. And uh, 
Um, after getting my undergraduate in business, went on right away to start working on my MBA and ended up working in the private sector for a few years. Um, and then mm -hmm. uh, switched to a university uh, where I uh, worked as an assistant director of procurement. Uh, I was very fortunate because that wow. university uh, had a graduate program in school business management, which really interested me to be able to apply both my uh, interest in business as well as working with kids and, and making a difference. Uh, henceforth, nice. started my school business uh, uh, management career uh, in Verona, Wisconsin in 1985. Um, and to me, it really is much more than a career. It's a passion. Yep. Um, you know, as, as we know, as school mm -hmm. business officials, uh, you know, we are facing ever-changing uh, challenges and opportunities you know, every, each and every day in each and every school year. And that provides me, has provided me with a lot of energy and enthusiasm to really make a difference, you know, with our, with our students, with our uh, staff, our parents and our communities and, and try to do the best we can uh, with the available resources uh, that, that we have available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, that's, that's impressive. 1985, you've been in the industry for quite some time. Uh, what what would you say has yeah, changed the most for you between 1985 and 2023? Yeah, Ooh, that's a loaded question, right? Wow, there. that is a very loaded <laughs> question. I, I think one uh, one of the biggest impacts uh, is the is how technology has influenced not just what we do as school business officials, but our society and right. and our students and. You know, you look at the most recent uh, um, um, uh, trend with artificial intelligence, right? And Absolutely. I think we're just scratching the surface mm -hmm. as to, you know, how that's going uh -huh. to impact what we do as school business officials and what it means for our students and, and future uh uh, workforce and and future leaders in our society and uh, you know I really think you know it's 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 a great tool it's a great opportunity but we also need to be very careful with a lot of these new technologies that uh, you know it doesn't become destructive or negative so I right. think that definitely is a, a challenge yeah. for us as school business officials to make sure as as our districts look at uh, how we will uh, uh, allow and utilize AI, both in terms of operations as well as teaching and learning, you know, how we're doing that, that it doesn't have a negative impact, that it has a positive impact. Right, right. It's funny you bring that up because that has really been a revolving conversation on this podcast. But I think we've had two or three episodes specifically just on artificial intelligence and how it affects everything yeah. from auditing to workflow to just our everyday lives. Uh, so it's 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 funny that for to hear you say that. Uh, promise we didn't you know prime him with that question beforehand. <laughs> that was organic. So uh, very interesting. <laughs> but we didn't bring you on to to talk about tech and AI. We really wanted to bring you in to offer your perspective on school safety. So um, you've spoken on many topics related to school safety. You've been published in the SBA magazine multiple times. Can you start off by just telling us the importance of having a school safety policy? And what is the first thing a school safety team or committee should ask when they're looking to develop one? 
Well, I'd like to step back a little bit. You know, the word policy, you know, policy is very important because it helps provide that framework and that guidance, you know, for those that are implementing uh, um, what is incorporated into that policy. But I really like to focus in on that, the importance of developing a culture of school safety, because it really starts with having buy-in from school leadership, meaning the Board of Education or school boards, uh, your district superintendent, district leadership, or school leadership, in terms of acknowledging that the critical importance of, of having a safe school environment to facilitate effective teaching and learning in our schools. And so, you know, developing that culture is critically important. And one of the key factors in terms of developing that culture is to be able to form a collaborative and multidisciplinary team, as well as utilizing an all-hazard approach to your school safety planning. It's very critical. So, that, and we're going to be talking a little bit about involvement here in just a second. When you're developing that culture in your career, where have you seen the most success? Is that something that it comes from the top where that school safety is really a priority from district administration and the board? Or are you seeing it more of kind of like a grassroots movement from the buildings that are saying we need this in place? It's really a combination of both of those because you have to have support from the top. Uh, as we all know, as school business officials, the top-down you know, approach oftentimes fails, right? Because you don't get the buy-in, you know, of your of your of your staff, the graph grassroots uh, uh, folks. So it really takes a combination and buy-in from the top, as well as those uh, uh, staff members and parents and students who are really the true customers of an effective school safety program. All need to be part of helping develop that culture of school safety. Um, and it really starts by not focusing just on the physical aspect, but recognizing that a comprehensive school safety program really looks at not just the physical safety, but also looks at the psychological safety that we need to take into consideration when uh, having, mm, putting big. together a safety plan and developing a culture of school safety in our schools. So it's important you state that, Tom, because really um, the question I had really, you know, I'm always thinking about as we gear up, you know, for students um, in about a month or so, um, you know, who should really be involved um, and why? And I guess the culture, you know, I I've gone to classes at Harvard and stuff like that, and they talk about culture as being big, but like, how do you figure that piece out? Like, I mean, it's just, you can't just say everybody, you have to have that really essential plan, but, you know, I guess... Who who should be involved? Well, it's critically important to have a variety of perspectives, not only in your planning, but when you're operationalizing your school safety plan and continuing to work on developing that culture of school safety. So I'll just name okay. you know a few, and again, this is not meant to be a, an exhaustive list. Uh, you know, um, I, I think mm -hmm. it really depends on the nature and and uh, makeup you know of your community of your school district but a couple critical components one is staff and 
it's critically important that you um, have participation and involvement from all your your disciplines, you know, not just teaching staff, not just your school leaders, but it's critically important to have your support staff involved. Um, it's also critically important. One of the staff areas that oftentimes uh, uh, we overlook is our is our substitute or guest guest teachers or guest staff, um, who oftentimes aren't part of the mandated or or mandatory uh, you know training that goes on. So it's critically important that we involve yeah. them in that uh, uh, process. Mm -hmm. Another often looked uh, um, group in the planning process and critical to that uh, that culture of school safety is our students, okay? And certainly want to make sure that's age appropriate, but, you know, I've been involved in school mm -hmm. districts and done uh, um, um, consulting with school districts where we do engage with the elementary age students, right? right. You know, uh, in, a, mm -hmm. in a, again, an appropriate age, appropriate manner to seek their thoughts, their input. You know, an example of that, as simple as it is, is when your school district conducts drills or exercises, so take the time, you have your teachers or your school leaders take the time afterwards and get feedback from your students, right? As to, you know, how did they comprehend it? What thoughts or feedback do they have to make that response that we just practiced through a drill or exercise more effective? So um, many uh, districts or schools are having their middle school and or high school students participate on their planning committees, you know, for school safety, um, you know, both in terms of actual participation as well as doing surveys or focus groups to get input on, on school safety. So critically important there to involve your students. We spoke earlier about uh, having not only the support of involvement of school leadership, uh, certainly parents are a key, you know, group of that. Um, and not that you're going to have lots of parents probably in, in, on your planning committee, but there's many ways in terms of engaging your parents to participate and getting their feedback or input of what's important, what's their perspective as you look um, at developing and operationalizing your school uh, emergency operations plan or school safety plan. Another critical component is your local emergency responders. You know, without their involvement, um, when you do incur an incident, it's very likely that it, it will fail or not perform well at all. So it's critically important to involve them from day one in terms of your planning process and as you go through operationalizing your plan, uh, critically important to uh, have them involved. Uh, as well as your local emergency management. So those are just some of the uh, components or individuals that you ought to consider to be part of that planning process, uh, as well as critical to helping develop and support for that culture of school safety. Yeah, all, all of those constituents are super important and have to be part of that conversation. Uh, you know, you had mentioned the, the police department and local emergency management services. Are you seeing a trend in school districts across the nation with uh, school resource officers being implemented more frequently in school districts? 
Well, I, I think it's sort of a mixed bag out there now. There's some states, you know, with some of the um, court cases and situations that, that we've experienced here over the last uh, few years. I, I know in Wisconsin, uh, in certain portions of our state, um, um, after the Floyd trial, that they actually um, um, went away from having school resource officers yeah. uh, in, in their schools. Uh, I'm a huge advocate uh, of the school resource program when you have the right people doing the right things. And right. I think that's extremely important. Uh, um, we're good mm -hmm. partners. Our Wisconsin School Safety uh, Coordinator Association with NASRO, which is the National Association of School Resource Officers. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they provide some outstanding training, guidance, and support for law enforcement agencies to and school districts to effectively implement a school resource officer program, um, so I, I I do think that's that's critically uh, important. And if even if you don't have a school resource officer, working with your local uh, uh, police department leadership on visibility of law enforcement, getting having uh, law enforcement officers stop in and interact with kids, you know, eat lunch, go out to recess. Uh, and, and so that our students can see those, those uh, law enforcement officers in a different light and help build those relationships, particularly at the early, you know, elementary age. Yeah. And I think you make a fantastic point. I mean, the school resource officer program could be incredibly vital and crucial for a school district. It really just boils down to the right person to fit the culture of the school district and that that individual isn't policing kids, but really integrated as part of that culture. So uh, points well made. Another interesting uh, approach on that, there, there are other states, for instance, Arizona is another example where they're actually uh, moving funding from providing funding for guidance counselors and for social workers and shifting that funding to put more school resource officers in into school. Wow. So interesting approach mm. there. Interesting. Yeah, I've not heard that. You know, versus dealing with that the mental health issues and helping our students you know, address, you know, uh, significant behavioral issues and 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 family situations to actually putting more funding into, you know, putting armed school resource officers in into the schools. Well, Arizona's a different state. You know, Arizona, you can go into a bar and everyone's going to be strapped. So, you know, <laughs> it's different, right? Which is fine. That's how it is out there, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting with the version of funds. I mean, that's kind of a chicken and the egg scenario there uh, dealing with those uh, student behaviors. And now a quick break for today's sponsor. We'd like to once again thank today's podcast sponsor, Security Benefit. Security Benefit has been offering retirement programs to school districts across the U.S. for the past five decades. As an ASBO strategic partner and proud sponsor of the ASBO International's Emerging Leaders Scholarship Program, Security Benefit helps educators move toward their goal of financial security and the enjoyable life they deserve in retirement. To learn how simple it is to add Security Benefit to your district's benefit plan, visit securitybenefit.com ASBO. That's securitybenefit.com slash ASBO. Neither Security Benefit Corporation nor its affiliates are fiduciaries. This information is general in nature and intended for use for the general public. 
For additional information, including any specific advice or recommendations, please visit with your financial professional. Services are offered through Security Distributors, a subsidiary of Security Benefit Corporation. And now back to today's episode. Uh, at any rate, can let's talk a little bit more about training specifically with these these groups in school districts. Can you speak a little bit more to how important this is and how training should look for school safety? And would you get students involved? And I know you mentioned that they should be a part of the conversation and a part of that that culture of school safety. But do you involve students in training? And maybe you can lend you know some of those best practices. Absolutely, and 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 again, uh, you know, one of the, the things that we'll be talking a little bit are some of the challenges that we're experiencing, and and one of the biggest challenges is our time of our staff members, right, and being able to uh, fit in uh, the uh, uh, training that's really necessary for both our staff as well as our students to be knowledgeable and to be able to respond in an effective way when we do experience an incident or a crisis in our schools. Um, you know, I think the first uh, uh, line of training is to help our staff, all of our staff members understand what to do when an emergency or a crisis or an incident happens, you know, in our schools. And again, that's across the board. And it's also important, obviously, for our students to be able to be aware, you know, of that. And that's one of the reasons why we do drills, right? And there's, there's, um, um, you know, uh, the purpose of drills is to uh, allow our staff and students to become familiar with procedures, to practice in a real environment, obviously the school environment, and to build muscle memory. Um, you know, that's really the purpose of the drills. And to the extent possible with those drills, because in real life situations, things change, you know, so we want to make sure that we provide and when we do the drills, that we provide for some options or some different changes when those drills occur so that our students and staff are well prepared. Two examples of that fire drills, right? If our students evacuate the same route every time when we do our monthly fire drills, right, it sort of becomes, you know, just deja vu, right? We're doing the same thing over and over again. Right. But to create a, let's say, a um, person say, simulating a fire, holding his arms up, right, where the students have to go through another exit uh, is critically um, uh, important. Another, I think, even a more realistic example is when we do lockdown drills, right? Too oftentimes, schools do lockdown drills during a class period, right? When, as we know, a lockdown can occur during class change, during lunch, during recess, before school, yeah. right before school or after school, what are we doing to, uh, to hold a lockdown drill, let's say, during lunch, right, or during a passing period, you know, so it's outside the norm and what our staff and our students do to react to that. So drills uh, are certainly an important component. The next level of training is not necessarily for all uh, staff, but critically important because it also can involve your emergency responders in your community as a, and that is to conduct exercises, right? 
where those are used to develop or test, uh, validate your emergency response plans, procedures, and capabilities. And oftentimes that's done with your either school-based or your district-based crisis response teams uh, in conjunction with your local emergency responders. So that's another critical, critical training opportunity uh, to utilize. Um, in our school in the school district, which I'm currently helping with uh, in terms of, of school safety and security, uh, we have adopted for a long time the um, I love you guys standard response protocol. So we train all of our students and staff on the standard response protocols. In other words, what to do when an emergency occurs using the five uh, standard response actions. And the next level of training that we do is train our school-based and district-based crisis response teams. In other words, those individuals that are identified um, through their incident command structure at the school level and district level, what their roles and responsibilities are to support and effect a response to a crisis or emergency. The struggle we're having with students and staff on mental health, oh, you know, yeah. that's, yeah, that's that too, right. yeah. across the board. And it's not just in schools, you know, it's in our communities and, uh, you know, our law enforcement agencies are struggling that, you know, when they go out and, and deal with situations, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I there's got to be a good two thirds of them have some link back to a mental health issue. And, sure. you right. know, and that's a real challenge mm -hmm. uh, for for all of us in terms of, uh, you know, and it's a societal issue, sure. but obviously it comes down to the schools. What are we doing to help uh, support, you know, our students and staff, you know, and, and the mental health challenges that, that uh, we're, we're experiencing that they're experiencing. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting, like, as you said before, with a state like Arizona now diverting funds away from those who are mental health professionals is that going to lead to greater issues and preventative measures? But, you know, I guess time will yeah. tell, right? And that all came about with the, with the change in state superintendent of schools. You know, uh, it was a former person. He's on the very conservative side, and he's a big believer in having the, the armed armed person, preferably a school resource officer. But it, I, I wouldn't doubt we're going to do the Texas thing and that they're, we're going to have some law being passed to allow for armed school staff down the road here and uh, be interesting to see yeah. where that all goes. Wow. So, um, so Tom, it sounds like, you know, this obviously safety, you alluded to it earlier, um, it involves so many elements, right? Um, you know, securing your building from intruder threats is one, you know, um, protecting students from hazardous environmental elements or, or um, internal threats like bullying, abuse, or violence even. Um, but, you know, you spoke to some of the challenges here, which is great. Um, I wanted to maybe elaborate more on your role um, and, and really maybe expound on your article um, of what you could recommend for our colleagues across the country when it comes to really just the managing process. So we talked about earlier, you know, the policy piece and, and really the culture's design behind it, but how to keep that going. And I mean, you have a lot, you've already put in a lot of flexibility, right, with this plan and talking about the different folks. And like you said, it's not an exhaustive list, but now really, because um, you, your role now 
um, speaks to being on a safety organization, right? Um, and so you're seeing the trends and the challenges upcoming, but really like what, what more can you state to this as far as managing? Well, a couple of things, you know, first of all is I've seen many school districts which focus on those low probability but high impact events like an active shooter, right? But it's critically important that we recognize the incidents, the emergencies that most of our schools are going to come into contact with or incur on a much more regular basis. And our plans and what we do in terms of responding to those, I, I would say is critically important that, that our schools as well as our, our district teams are well-versed on addressing those uh, particular situations even as much or more than those high impact, very low probability, you know, incidents that, that, uh, um, that we might occur. Mm -hmm. As we look towards some of the, the tools or things that are critically important in terms of assessing, where do we focus our time and our efforts? It's critically important that as we develop our plan, that we look at focusing in our, on our culture of school safety, it really begins with having an accurate assessment of what our current conditions are, right? And so, you know, either there are many opportunities to conduct a self-assessment. Yeah. Um, there's tools that are available, uh, you know, from uh, the REMS TA Center, that's the Readiness and Emergency Management for Schools TA Center, um, uh, from the Cybersecurity Information Security Agency, um, those are all examples of some of the federal agencies, as well as there's many uh, state level agencies that have assessment tools or processes that schools can do to help them better understand what their vulnerabilities and threats are. And focusing in on um, what are the most critical or viable threats or hazards that, that each individual school, as well as the district, are most at risk for and focusing in on addressing those aspects as part of the planning and as part of the um, training aspects to make sure that staff know what to do when they experience uh, one of those incidences, as well as what the district and school are doing to help prevent or mitigate the impact of something of that nature it, when it does occur. So critically important, that assessment process, and I highly recommend that be done with your local emergency responders, as mm -hmm. well as others, such as your architect, your engineer, your insurance loss control specialist. Those are some other you know, individuals or entities that you might want to include uh, in this assessment process that, that you go through. And, and what are the, some of those higher probability events that school districts should be keeping their eye on? Uh, a good example is a, a missing student, right? You know, uh, you know, it could be a fight on campus, right? It could be a medical emergency. Mm -hmm. um, so those are just a couple of, of examples of more frequent incidents that a school uh, might experience 
and that our students, uh, excuse me, our staff members need to be well aware of, as well as the school needs to have the appropriate framework or teams to be able to effectively respond to that incident, you know, that they might experience. Right. Well, you know, as we wind down here, um, any guests that we bring onto the podcast, we always like to offer them an opportunity uh, to impart some advice on our listenership. So, Tom, whether you're sitting across the table from a brand new school business official who is just dipping their toe in the waters of school safety or somebody who's been in their career uh, for 30 or 40 years, maybe somebody like you, what kind of advice can you impart today? I think the, uh, one of the things I'd like to, that I always talk about with, with uh, aspiring uh, not only school business officials, but school leaders is that it's very clear that research shows that teaching and learning is more effective in an environment where students, staff, and parents feel safe, right? So it's, it's critically important that school business officials be significantly involved in a district's school safety efforts, even if school safety doesn't fall under their official realm of roles and responsibilities mm-hmm. or direct reports in that process. You know, I always relate uh, school safety, you know, to a risk management approach, right? And, you know, ultimately it comes down to we need to protect our district's assets and our students, not just physical assets, but our students and our staff, our reputation are all critical components of an effective risk management program. And so school safety in terms of taking that risk management approach and recognizing that we need to protect um, and whatever we can do to, to minimize the impact of an event you know, on our uh, most precious uh, assets, not just, again, the physical assets of our buildings or equipment, but our human, you know, assets, students, staff, parents, visitors to our facilities, as well as the reputation of our district is is critically important. So I, I highly recommend that uh, um, school aspiring school business officials, whether you're, you know, you're new or whether you're a veteran is, be involved, uh, get involved, um, and uh, I guarantee you that it will reap many rewards uh, um, back and and really pay off when your school district does experience an unfortunate incident. Tom, this is amazing, I tell you. You know, one thing I want want to just add, I know it was great, you were wrapping up, but I still can't get over like how, you know, we had conversation prior and I won't, I won't kind of get into it, but I want to know your spin of if you are a Green Bay fan, I don't know because you're Wisconsin, um, but how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers coming to our state? <laughs> I got to just ask the question. <laughs> Let's just say I'm happy for the Jets. Okay. All right. All right. I like that. That's good. Good stuff. <laughs> well, here, here's my issue. Having, having, you know, officiated at the professional level, I, and, and you guys have seen this, there's no, I don't, I believe the, the, the commitment to, to a team, you know, by our professional athletes has really gone sort of out the door a little bit, it's you true. know, and it's about themselves. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, better. It, it, it's, it's yeah. really, you know, disconcerting mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you followed a lot, you know, Green Bay str- struggled a little bit with, you know, Aaron, Aaron is sort of a head case, but I truly <laughs> believe from everything I've read uh, and seen uh, that, 
the, going to the Jets has really reinvigorated him, you know, and has brought Perhaps. him focus. We'll so, well, we'll, we'll uh, reach out to you the end of the yeah. season. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, see. Yeah, we'll touch space we'll again and see that. how it goes. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks again. Yeah. Well, well, Tom, we can't thank you enough for your time. And I think this is perfect timing for those listening because as Jack said, school's opening soon in the next month. And I think having just a reset of our, our mindset of school safety is critically important. So thank you again, Tom, for your time today. Thank you again for tuning into SBO Perspectives. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Tom. A lot of really salient points with school safety, and it's even more important yeah. now today than I think it ever has been. Tom, a great guy. I mean, yeah, he, he knows he's an stuff. athletic guy, you know, as well. Uh, taught athletics in his time, um, you know, in NFL and, and uh, his spin on the end. I, I do that little curveball right, question, Aaron <laughs> but it was cool. You know, we like that. Maybe we get a little more for our listeners, uh, you know, to get a clear, you know, closer sense of. Um, of our guests, but um, nonetheless, um, the culture, yeah. the culture of school safety is huge. And um, he spoke to it really well. Um, and I think you'd be quite informed to listen to this episode. So thank you all again, each and every week for coming on um, and we look forward. Yeah. Thanks everyone. We'll see you next week.